Let us look to the Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, this day, I pray that every heart and every soul magnifies you, Lord God. Coming to more of an understanding of who you are, Lord God. That you are God Almighty. You are the beginning and the end, Lord God. That you are, are all in all. Yes, Lord. And without you, Lord God, we can do nothing. Nothing. So right now, Lord God, as we are gathered in this place, Lord God. Speak to us, O oh Lord, from your word. I pray that every heart is open right now. Let us open, let us purpose to open our hearts right now, Lord God. Setting aside every weight, every snare, every distraction, Lord God, that will hinder us from hearing and receiving your word this morning, Lord God. Setting aside every hurt and every pain, every reason or everything that we have even going on within ourselves, Lord, as we look to you as maybe it's something that we feel that you haven't done for us. Or something that you allow to happen, Lord God, that, that we're not happy with. Lord, let all of this be laid aside, Lord God. That we may be able to receive the bread of life, Lord God. That it be nourishment into our spirits, into our souls, Lord God, for today, for tomorrow, and forevermore, Lord God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Wow. If you will, I don't know this journey that God is going to take us on today comes from Second Chronicles is where it starts. Second Chronicles is uh, in the Old Testament, and if you can turn to Second Chronicles, we just don't allow God to do what He do on this morning. It's just so much power in the Word of God. And here, as we look to the Lord today, it's just so many different places that we could even start. But Second Chronicles, as you get there, that is uh, after Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then it's after the books of Judges and Ruth and Ezra. And then you come into uh, the kings, the Samuels and the kings. It's after that and it's right after that, I believe. Then you come into the Chronicles. Is everybody there? Yeah. Okay, Second Chronicles. And I'm just delaying you getting there because I know that's a tough place to find. But also just kind of listening to hear from the Lord as to where he wants to begin this journey with us on today. In Chronicles, or Second Chronicles, what we're going to be looking at today is the, the reign of Jehoshaphat. This is King Jehoshaphat, which was the king of the tribe of Judah, or the kingdom of Judah. You know what the, the nation of Israel, at some point the nation of Israel was divided. Uh, and there was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. One kingdom had two of the twelve tribes of Israel and the other one had ten. And then they were known as the, the, the division there. Then it was, you had the reign or the, the kingdom of Judah that represented the two. And then you had the kingdom of Israel that contain the other 10 tribes. Everybody with me right now. Glory be to God. And Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. The king of Judah. I'm just laying a little groundwork for those that maybe uh, don't remember this or, or heard it before. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And we're going to be looking at chapter 17 
Second Chronicles 17, even all the way through 20. Also, the same story is, is also told in the Kings. But God has us looking at this from the Chronicles. Jehoshaphat was a, what we would call a good king. Or considered to be a good king. Come on, somebody. He was a good king. In there, and I say that only because, uh, well, let's, we say that he was a good king. And he was a good king. And it was a reason why Jehoshaphat was a good king. And that was found in 2 Chronicles chapter 17. We're going to just start right there. By the way, if we have to title this message, then I would say the title of the message would be hmm, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that this may be a two-part message. So this first one we want to call Remember the Source. Remember your source. Remember your source. Somebody say, remember your source. Okay. King Jehoshaphat in, in verse 3 of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, it says, Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because, see, this is why he was a good king. Because he walked in the, what? The former ways of his father David. And he did not seek bells. And bells here is a representation of he didn't seek idols or other gods, my friend. In verse 4 it said, but, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor and abundance. Amen. In verse 6 he says in his heart, come on, this is what made Jehoshaphat a good king we consider. He says in his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. And see what God wants to, this is an encouraging word that God wants to use or speak to us, I'm sorry, even using King Jehoshaphat because see we live in a time right now my friends that it requires us it's, it's going to take us I should say having a heart that delights in the Lord for us to walk on this journey that we uh, have been called to and, and, and not just called to but we as believers have accepted the call of God it's going to take us having a heart to delight in the Lord because on this journey, and as we look at this story, you'll see that King Jehoshaphat, he, 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 he was challenged with many different things. Much as the king before him, which is his father, King Ezra, you know, was, and many of the, the kings, you know, before that, and certainly the kings after that. But the real reality here is that, that God was at work in this young man's life. He took over as king after his father Asa, somebody say Asa, King Asa, had died. And his, and his father was a relatively, or, or a good king in the sense that he started out doing well. He started out walking and following the Lord. But through the challenges and the ups and downs that his father would be, you know, he, he fell off uh, in there and, did, and God allowed him to come back. He, he went through many different things, sound familiar as much uh, just like Jimmy was attested to, you know, even right here and, and right now and at this time in our lives that we go through many different things. And, and, and through the ups and downs of life, my friends, God wants to encourage us today, just as it was testified by my dear sister there, that God has given us the Son, Jesus Christ, that has satisfied him. So through our ups and downs, my friends, that if we fall down, then God has given us the permission already before you fall down to get back up, my friends. Yeah. To get back up. And in order for us to, to really be able to get back up, and I'm talking about because some of us know that when you know the fact of the matter is when when you fall down, sometimes it's it's very difficult. 
to get back up. And see, if we take a deeper look at this, our, the difficulties is not because God is holding you down. But the difficulties come because we hold ourselves down. Because, you know, and, and that can go in many different directions. Sometimes we fall down and, and it's hard for us to get back up because we, we just don't want to get back up. That's right. That's right. You know, that, you know we, we fell. It was a reason why we fell down in the first place. And, 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 and in that, we were, you know, the Bible says that we fall down most of the time because what? We're drawn away by our own lust and our own desires. You know, but glory be to God. Let me remind you of this. But glory be to God for Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, that paid the price, my brother David. That whether that, that, so that you don't have to pay. He paid it in full. So glory be to God. It gives us the opportunity, yes, to get back up. But see, the heart that Jehoshaphat had was a heart that delighted in the Lord. And God, this is the heart that God wants each and every one of us to, to have. Because if we fall down in our, our heart. Is delighted in the Lord, then we ain't gonna stay down, my friend, because of our own self. Yes, come on, come on, come on. See, that's that that's one of the things that yo know, that we have to be very careful of. Yes. Is ourselves. Yes. See, and like I was saying, that there's two multiple reasons, but one is that we stay down because we wanna stay down. That's you know, we yeah, 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 yeah. We wanna stay down. Yeah. And then the, the, another reason why we can stay down is, is sometimes just because it's simply, even in our best desire, you know, uh, the attack of the enemy sometimes can be very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody needs to know that. God, God knows that you just didn't stay down this time because you wanted to stay down. God knows that, that, that you're staying down or you're delaying getting up. Sometimes it's because it's hard. God knows, and somebody needs to know that. God knows that it's hard sometimes, my friend. But that's why he wants to serve as a reminder today, today, that, with the, that he wants you to remember your source. See, because in remembering your source, remember that he is the source, then it's going to enable you that in them hard times, that you ain't getting back up for the person sitting next to you. You ain't getting back up for your mama. You ain't getting back up for your daddy. You ain't getting back up even for yourself. Yes. That you are getting back up because of God yes. Almighty, the Lord, the creator of all things. Yes. And so Jehoshaphat in verse 6, it says in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 17, that his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. His heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. And my question to you today, my friend, is your, do your heart take delight in the ways of the Lord? Do your heart take delight in the ways of the Lord? This is a hard message to, or even just, it's just hard period because, you know, what I feel in my spirit right now is an overwhelming compassion. You know, and an overwhelming compassion that reaches not just out to you, but even to myself because what I feel is the spirit of the Lord and God is really wanting to plead with us in this day, in this hour. Because we, the, the cares of life and the things that we've experienced are so consuming that some of us is allowing this stuff to ensnare us to the place where it, that we, that makes it very difficult for God to use us in the way that he wants to use us. And, and, and see, and God, don't, 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 uh, you know, don't, re, don't forget what God has already said. He knows that these things are hard in the flesh or heart to your flesh. God is not uh, you know, ignorant of these things. And some of us may uh, think that God, well, he don't understand. Yes, he understands. He understands more than you understand. That these things can be very hard to the flesh, but he needs us to have a heart that delights in the Lord. As we move forward, what we'll see, and it's much like all of what we go through, that Jehoshaphat, uh, even though he had a heart for God, even though he was a king that, that, that loved God and, and walked in the ways of the, the former fathers, including David himself, there was much turmoil and things that came against the kingdom of Judah. Yes. 
And as we read further, and as you read through it, it's obviously we ain't gonna, I'm not able to stand before you and read every single chapter. But they went through some things. There was nations that came against the, uh, not only Judah, but Israel as well. Skip over to chapter 18. And I would that each and every one of us go back and read this. Well, I have to kind of go through this, you know, kind of quick. So there's, but understand this. That Jehoshaphat, first and foremost, this is the first thing to understand, that he had a heart that took delight in the ways of the Lord. And that he, his heart was to walk in the ways of the, that his fathers had set an example for, to follow God and not to follow false gods. In verse 18, I mean chapter 18, verse 1, it says, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance as a result of this. He was a king that had riches and abundance. In verse 4 of the same chapter, it says, also Jehoshaphat, he had said to, the, uh, to Israel, please, and, uh, actually let me back up, because here in verse uh, chapter 18, it starts one of the big challenges that he had and, and you want to we want to be able to see the heart that he had as he walked through this challenge remember what I was saying that Jehoshaphat was the king of what? Judah and there is then a king of Israel at the same time making all of these the children of Israel making up the 12 tribes of Israel in verse 18 uh, tell me one of 18 it says Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance and by marriage he was allied he allied himself to Ahab after so many years he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria and Ahab killed sheep and oxen in abundance for him and his people who were with him and, and pursued him excuse me and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramah Gilead. Who is Ahab? Ahab is the king of Israel. Okay? And you'll see that in verse 3. It says, So Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me against Ramah Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you are, and my people as your people. We will be with you in the war. See, keep in mind, all of these was the children of Israel. It's just two different kingdoms now in there. And so you have King Ahab, which is the uh, king of Israel, asking, plotting in his heart or planning in his heart to go up to uh, Ramoth, Gilead, and he's going to start a war against them people. Okay, and he's asking King Jehoshaphat from Judah, are you with me? Are you with me? See, we have to be careful, my friends, that because in the life that we live, and even our own relatives, because see, see, they were tied together. They all was the children of Israel. Even our own friends, even the, our, our, our best buddies, sometimes they're going to ask you, are you with me? Let us just be careful that we ain't the one asking someone, are you with me? Let's look further. So here's the story. You see... And, and, and what is the uh, reply of, of Jehoshaphat? Keep in mind that Jehoshaphat was a man of God. And he says that uh, as I am, you are. And my, my people as you, as your people, we will be with you in war. Also, though, look at this. Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, but, but look at what he said. Because see, Jehoshaphat had, because he was a man of God, and they, they had been in war before, but he had a certain way that he dealt with his things. See, the way that he, Jehoshaphat dealt with his things is when he had a problem, what did he do? He sought the Lord. And that you'll read that in chapter 17 when you go back, that all and all that he did, he sought the Lord God Almighty. And all that he, he was that was before him, he sought the direction of the Lord. This is a real example for you and me today my friend are we seeking the Lord in all that we do every uh, decision that we make glory be to God and we have an advantage that this young man didn't have because see we have the spirit of the living God now that Jesus has came 
we have the spirit living on the inside of us. As you'll see as we go further, that the, the, though they have to seek the Lord. And the Bible says here that if you that he had already told him and his father that if you seek me, I, you will find me. See, we have the spirit of the Lord to live, to lead and guide us is what Jesus came and accomplished. But do that alleviate us from having to seek the Lord? No, the spirit that lives on the inside of us is a guide to the Lord. So we have to still seek the Lord by hearing the voice of God and allowing him to lead us in our life. And this is a, the reason why my heart is so filled with compassion, my friend, is because we live at a time, too, that is so modern, in modern day time, especially in this Western world, as though we don't need God like that. Teach. Yes. Come on. We are so, we can be so into ourselves and we live in a, in a, in a you know, an environment in, in, in a time where people are so self-sufficient. Yes. Who needs the Lord? And even for those of us that believe in God, then you know we may not say the words, but all that we do, do we seek the Lord? Is the question. And God is challenging each and every one of us today. You know, that we, he, 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 in everything. See, there are some of the big things that's happening in somebody's life today, and you know that you've heard from God. But that ain't the only place. And the only thing that God is looking for you to seek him is in the big things. He's looking for you to seek him in all things. Yeah. Somebody say all things. All things. So here, Jehoshaphat, look what he says in verse 4. You know, as he already committed himself or told uh, the king Ahab that, yes, I'm with you. But then look what he says. And also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Please inquire for the Lord, the word of the Lord today. And let's look what, what the king Ahab do. It says, then the king of Israel, that's Ahab, he gathered the prophets together, 400 men, and said to them, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? So they said, I'm going to stop right there. So uh, Jehoshaphat said, hey, we need to seek the Lord. You need to seek the Lord if you, if you want to make this decision and you want me to be with you. You need to seek the Lord. But what did Ahab do? Did he seek the Lord or did he seek man? He immediately sought man. He didn't seek the Lord. He didn't fall on his knees like Jehoshaphat would. He didn't call. He didn't go into the temple and bow before the, the, the presence of the Almighty God. But what he did was he called his buddies. Josh. He called all of his friends. Man, not, he didn't just call any friends. He called the ones that he, he that, that, that knew something or proclaimed to know something. He called the big boys. But what he thought, let us look what happened. In verse 6, oh, actually, in, in the finishing verse 5, he said, and, and, and what did they tell him? They said, go up and God will deliver into your hands. Excuse me, and go up and God will deliver it into your hand, into, into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, he still ain't comfortable with it. He says, but is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? So I thought they just said right there before that the king Ahab gathered the prophets together. Okay. Joseph Asaphat, no, no, them ain't prophets, them your boys. He was able to recognize real quick. So he says, and look, and obviously he must have been right, because when you read in verse 6, he said, but Joel Asaphat said, is there not still a prophet of the Lord? See, them use your prophets. I'm talking about the prophet of the Lord. You see the difference, my friend? See, our prophets is those that is our yes men. Those that don't tell us what we want to hear. But the prophet of the Lord, hallelujah, he represents God Almighty. He's going to say what thus says the Lord. This gets real deep, my friend. We're going to rush through this. Because look what happens here. And then so he said, is there still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? So the king of Israel, look at him. You can see why he called on his boys, the prophets. 
instead of the prophet of the Lord. Because look what he says. He says, the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him. Listen, listen to this. But I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me. But always evil. I wonder why, my friend. He is uh, Micaiah, the son of Emma. And Jehoshaphat says, let not the king say such things. Then the king of Israel called for one of his officers and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Emma, quickly. The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, clothed in their robes, sat on each on his own throne. And they sat in the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And all the prophets prophesied before them. You know who he's talking about, right? He's talking about them uh, 400 men. Now Zedekiah, the son of Shanana, had made horns and iron of iron for himself. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, with this you shall gore the Syrians, <coughs> excuse me, until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramah Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into you. The king's hand. Yes, <laughs> you with me? Yes. Then the message. Uh-oh. Messenger. Excuse me. Then the messenger who had gone to call Makati uh -huh. spoke to him. See, see the picture. Uh -huh. So the messenger goes to speak to Makati. He went to, to get him. But in going to get him, he, he, he look what he says to him before he even takes him to the king. He says this, he says, then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him saying, now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord encourages the king, therefore please let your words be like the words of them and speak encouragement. And Micaiah said, the man of God said, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, that will I speak. Come on, somebody. See, this is God is calling us to a place that even though we live in a world that wants us to come in agreement with it, that we have to be as children of the Most High God. Who will stand for the Lord? Who will proclaim and stand and say what God said? Not what the people want you to be encouraged with. And what the people want to hear, my friend. See, it takes a, a, a heart that delights in the ways of the Lord to be able to stand before the people and proclaim the word of God. Not what the popular message, my friend. That's it. And this is a serious thing. This is why my heart is filled with compassion today. It's because right now we live in a time where there are so many compromising messages that the word is coming forth and we want to all be in agreement with what the prophet said. But there's some real danger in this, my friend. Let us look forward and we, you can see what the danger is. In verse 14 it says, Then he came to the king. And, the, and this is Micaiah. Uh -huh. And the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramah Gilead? Or shall I refrain? And look at Micaiah. This is going to throw you for a loop. And Micaiah said, go and prosper. Come on. And they shall be delivered into your hand. But don't stop there, my friend. All right. So in verse 15, so the king said to him, how many times uh -oh. shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? 
he, the first thing he said, bear witness with the 400. Right. So why would he tell him, how many times do I need to ask you to make you swear that that what you are proclaiming to me in this word is the truth and none but the truth? Something seems strange, my friends. Huh? See, sometimes when we, I ain't gonna go there yet. Let's stop. Verse 16, he says, and then he said, then Micaiah said to him, you want to know the truth, basically. So he said, let me tell you what I see. He says, then Micaiah said to him in verse 16, I saw all Israel, that's his kingdom, scattered on the mountains as sheep. They had no shepherds. And the Lord said, these have no masters. Let each return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? <laughs> and then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. He talked about God Almighty. And all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he might fall at the Ramah Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came. Come on, somebody. Then a spirit, not the spirit of the Lord, but a spirit came forth and stood before the Lord. And said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, the spirit, in what way? And in verse 21, he says, and he said, the spirit, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. Hear me. Hear me today, my friends. This is serious. And the Lord said, Again, how shall you persuade him and also prevail? Go out and do so. Excuse me, in the Lord, verse 21, I'm going to read it again. He says, and he said, the Spirit said to the Lord. This is not the Spirit of God, but a spirit, my friends, came in the presence of the Lord. Sounds familiar? Even after uh, Satan had got kicked out, we know that he had access unto the throne of God where he would roam to and forth. He told God he roamed to and forth on the earth, seeking whom he may devour. Do you see the picture here, my friend? He's an accuser of the brethren is what the word of God says. And here he, he, he appeals to God. See, because God had already planned for Ahab, king of Israel. See, this ain't what God did. But God already knew what he had, his plans for Ahab and the kingdom of Israel at that time. And it was because they had already continuously rebelled against him. So had God had already removed his hand from them. So God is saying, who will go out and, and, and stand before the, and, 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 and lead the king Ahab to his destruction? And boy, and, and none of the spirits of the Lord came before the God and said, we will. But there was a spirit that, that was not from the Lord. But it, however, it was a spirit. And they called, and the word of God says it was a lying spirit, my friend. That says that they came to the Lord, he said, I'll, I'll persuade him. And God asked him, how will you persuade him? He says, I'll put a spirit of a lying spirit on his prophets. And here's the cold part, because as we read further, look at how deceptive a lying spirit is. You're going to see it right here, my friend. And not only does the lying spirit operate in that time, we, we live in a time right now that there's many lying spirits that's roaming the earth, my friend. That is preaching and prophesying something that is not of the Lord. Amen. Not of the Lord. Amen. And look what it's doing. It is leading people into destruction. Yes. A lying spirit. Wow. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. 
And look at this lying spirit. Let's look and take a look at what it really looks like. In verse 22 it says, Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours. This is him telling the, the Jehoshaphat and Ahab. He says, therefore, look, the Lord has put a, a, a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. In verse 23, then uh, Zedekiah, that's the, the main prophet with the lying spirit. Uh, son of Shadonah went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you which way see does that sound familiar they, you know, they, they struck Jesus you know, when he told the truth they struck him on the face and then they said, and even mocked him, and said, which way did that, did, did, did uh, uh, who hit you? You know, since you a big time prophet and you know all things, which one of us hit you in the cross the head? We're seeing the same picture here, my friend. Look at verse 24, it says, and Micaiah said, indeed, you shall see on that day when you go into the inner chambers to hide. Because you're going to be going to hide, my friend. Then the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return him to Amnon, the governor of the city, and to Joab, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with the bread of affliction and water of affliction until I return in peace. But Medekiah, what did he say? He says, if you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken to me. And he said, take heed all, all you people. He says, I'll testify today that as I say what I'm saying, if you come back in peace, my friend, then the Lord God has not spoken to me. Oh, yes. And as you go through the story, then you know what happened. Yes, immediately. Immediately. And you can see the craftiness even on Ahab. Because Ahab then turns to King Jehoshaphat and he says, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go up. I'm going to put my arm off. I'm going to take my king outfit off. You leave your king outfit on. I'm going to take mine off. And I'm going to go out dressed up as a warrior. Okay? In there. And, and, uh, and that's exactly, and, and Joseph had, fell for it, and that's exactly what happened. And immediately, as uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord had already told the other people, or, or the commander of the other people had already said that when we go after these people, don't touch the little man or even the great man. The only one we want to get, and we want to get him first, is the king of Israel. But see, the king of Israel, he disguised himself as one of the armors, one of the little men. But he just set Jehoshaphat up as one as the king. And sure enough, they, the, as they came upon the, the people, they identified him as the, as the king. And they was ready to lay hands on him, my friends. But woe, the spirit of the Lord came and intervened, is what the Bible says here. Glory be to God. That Jehoshaphat had a heart that delighted in the ways of the Lord. That even in his foolishness, when he fell down, God was there to lift him up. Glory be to God. And the, and the Bible says that then, as we read further, that, that, that the Spirit of the Lord protected him. And immediately, in his protection, that one, uh, matter of fact, skip down to verse 33. It says, a certain man drew a bow at random, come on somebody, wow. and struck the king of Israel 
between the joints of his armor. See, he didn't, it says the king of Israel, but he didn't know that he had struck the king of Israel because he had the armor suit on. But uh, by random, a, a man then drew back a bow and, and by random it then flew all around and then struck him right in the place that between the joints of the armor. And look what it said. <laughs> so he said to the driver of his chariot, that's king, Israel, the king of Israel, dressed up in an armor suit, turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. The battle increased that day, and the king of Israel popped, propped himself up in his chariot facing the Syrians until evening. And about that time of sunset, he died. Come on, somebody say he died. So just as uh, Micaiah said, so as I speak these words, if you return to peace, then God has not spoken to me. And I know he speaks to me every day, Micaiah said. I am the prophet of the Lord. And I only speak that which the Lord speaks. So then Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. In verse 19, I mean chapter 19, So Jehoshaphat learned a lesson here, my friend. Yes, he learned a big lesson. And in the lesson that he learned, he began to reform yes, even the more his reign with the people. In verse 6 it says, and then, uh, yo, actually in verse uh, 4, it begins to talk about how he began to reform the cities. All that he was in control of. He appointed judges in the land throughout all that he had the fortified cities of Judah and city by city. He said, and not only did he appoint judges, but he said to the judges in verse 6, he said, Take heed to what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord. Who is with you in your judgment? It says in verse 7, he says, Now therefore let the fear of the Lord, which is the reverence of God, yes. be upon you. Yes. Take care and do it. Yes. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God. No partiality. No taking of bribes. Yes. He is urging them to do it and do it the right way. We talked about this even a few weeks ago in the month of November. How God is saying that wouldn't that as he uses us that we can't show no partiality. We can't be a man of, of no integrity that's willing to play tilly wings with the world. So he puts us in chief of police, but then we want to compromise with every drug dealer that can offer us a big payday. More than two times the salary we make in one year. And all of these different things where we are sitting in the high place where God is supposed to trust us. On our job. In the church, there's no iniquity with the Lord. There's no partiality with the Lord. There's no taking bribes with the Lord. So what he did is he began to appoint the judges, and then not only did he appoint the judges, but he began to teach the people the law of God. And to fear the Lord. And how to be faithful with a loyal heart is what he began to do. This is Jehoshaphat having made the wrong decision but glory be to God that God was right there yes. to lift him up yes. as he is for you and me. But here's the big challenge and this is where we'll be drawn close to the end. In chapter 20 yet still through all the conquering and as God had delivered the children of Israel to the promised land there was a place called Moab Ammon and Mount Sir that God when, he, when they crossed over God had made them they had destroyed everybody but these places God did not allow them to destroy at that time and, and they wondered why did you not allow us to destroy it 
And here in chapter 20, what we find out is that them same three places that God did not allow them to destroy. I'm talking about Judah. I'm talking about the children of Israel. What happened is, is then these, this city began to come against Judah. The tribe. I mean the kingdom. They began to wage war against Judah and Jehoshaphat. And the question then uh, was reminded, you know, why did we have a chance to destroy them, Lord? Why you didn't let us destroy them at that time? And sometimes there's an enemy that God already knows that's going to come up. Somewhere along your life. That yes, God could have destroyed them way back then, but yet God did not destroy them way back then. For his own reasons. Maybe it was because that once I brought you into the land, once I brought you into this relationship with me, and once I've taught you and fortified you, that there is a responsibility. Yes, it's going to be a challenge down the road, but then it, when that challenge comes, will you trust in the Lord? Will you allow me to be your source? Or will you remember me as your source? See, what happens in the, uh, with us, my friends, especially when we come into the Lord and things may be going good. We may even became over some trials and some tribulations. But if we ain't careful, we won't remember our source. And this is the most, most important, that we remember our source. So look in, in chapter 20. The, let's start at verse 5. When Jehoshaphat, this is where he had learned or heard that the multitude of the Syrians and the people was going to come against them. Verse 4, he says, so Judah gathered together all, excuse me, gathered together asking help from the Lord and from all the city of Judah they came to seek the Lord see when they heard about what was going down and that they was about to be attacked no this he did not call on the prophets when he began to call the people together and all and not only him but all the people they began to call and seek the Lord and then Jehoshaphat, verse 5, stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, The Lord God of our Father, are you not? He's speaking to the Lord in front of the people. He says, Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms? See, this is how we can pray to God. We can we tell him who he is and not tell him who he is as though he don't know but he can, we can tell him so he can know that we know and he says and in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham your friend forever and they dwelled in it and have built, excuse me, you a sanctuary yeah. in it for your namesake. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple. If, hear it again, if disaster comes upon us, if sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, guess what we'll do? We will stand before this temple in your presence. In your name is in the press in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and say is that our heart said is that our heart said to stand in the uh, gathering of the assembly of the saints when the affliction of man comes upon us and are we ready to gather together in one and in unison and seek the Lord and call out on his name yes. and in verse 10 yes that's the question that you got to ponder in your heart or do you run to your hiding place or do you separate yourself and seek your own salvation Come on, man. hear me 
And now, here are the people, Ammon, Moab, and, and, and Mount Sir, whom you, uh, who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. See, that's the original. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your presence. Uh, excuse me, uh, to throw us out of your possession. Which you have gave us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against a great multitude that is coming against us. None, nor do we have what you do. But our eyes are upon you, Lord. Now all Judah, here it is, now all Judah, and their children, their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. And listen to this. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Mattanah, a, Le a Levite of the sons of Asphalt. In the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon this young man. Hear the Spirit of the Lord. And in verse 15, the Spirit of the Lord, and he said, listen, all of you, Judah, and your inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, king, you listen to. Thus saith the Lord. Come on, somebody. He says, all y'all listen, including you, king. He says, thus saith the Lord, and I say including us today. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, my friend. But it's God's. Somebody say it with me. But the battle is not yours. But it's God's. Hallelujah. And he says that tomorrow you go down against them. And this is where it really gets good. It says tomorrow go down against them. And they shall surely come up in a, to ascend as he. Yeah, they gonna come. He says go down there. They gonna come. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerah. He says, then in verse 17, you will not need to fight in the battle. Position yourselves, though. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, my friend. See, this is what God is speaking to somebody right here, right now. See, first and foremost, you need to know that the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. See, if you are the child of the Most High God, and we're going through much right now. Many of us is going through all kinds of things. Somebody needs to be encouraged right now. I'm talking in the bottom of your heart to know that the battle is not yours. It's God's. And see, in the way God fights, it's not the way that we fight. And it's good to be on the side of the Lord, my friend. Because see, when God gets to fight the battle for you, guess what? You don't, you, you'll stand, he said, go, he'll put you in position. But you don't even have to fight. Glory be to God. You don't even have to fight. See, and the problem with some of us is that we, we can't hear the Lord so clear. So when he puts us in position, we think that we got to throw some love. God said, no, sit and be still. And know that I am God. And somebody needs to know this today. Because you're going through some battles. And yes, you got to go and get in position. But don't worry. Because God says, as you get in position, the battle is mine, my friend. And you will not have to fight. You will not have to fight. And I love it today. Because God is serving us. Notice. That we don't have to fight. But we can stand. And see the salvation of the Lord. And know that he is with you. It says, oh Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear to, or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord is with you. And then, Jehoshaphat, he bowed his head with the face, to the face of the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they bowed before the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. See, and this is the good news, my friend. Yes. Wow. 
And what happened is, he says, then in verse 19, then the Levites, just look and see what happens here. The Levites of the children. Yes. The Levites were the priests of one of the tribes. They was with Israel, yes. They was with Judah, I mean, in, 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 in the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Yeah. They cried out praises unto God with a loud voice. So they rose early in the morning, verse 20, and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, come on, listen to this, my friends. Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And this is what it's going to take. He says, believe in the Lord your God. And stand and you shall be established. Believe his prophet and you shall prosper. Somebody needs to believe God today, my friend. And see, this ain't talking about believe God for what you want him to do and what you want. This is believe God for what he has said through the prophet, through his word, through you, to you directly in your heart. You know what he said. But will we believe God for that? For what he said. See, what real faith is, and I've been saying this for a long time, and it was only by the Spirit of God, but today God has set the record straight. I know what real, what real faith is, is believing God for what he said. Not hoping on some things that you're trying to get God to move in. That he has not said. This is huge. And the funny thing is, look at this. In verse 21, this will blow your mind. It says, and when he had consulted with the people, this is Jehoshaphat, he appointed those who should, this is what they did. So when the Lord told them to go and, and, and take position, that yes, I want you to go down, and I want you to take your position. And see, when Jehoshaphat, the next morning, he did what he did, he stood before the people and said, I need you to believe God. And then he didn't tell them to believe God and then go get on your armor. Go uh, believe God and then he didn't tell them to believe God and, 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 and you got your weapon? Come on, come on. Don't. Come on. No, what he told them was believe God. And then look what he told them. He didn't tell them to go and put their armor on. He says, now I want you to line up behind me. And as he appointed them, he appointed some that they should sing to the Lord. And, and others he had prayed that they may praise the, the beauty of the holiness as they went before the army as they went before the army he put some out in front I need you to go out in front before the army I need you to march and sing unto the Lord I need you to go out and be praising unto the Lord that's what he did see in some of our battles that we are fighting are we putting the, the, the song of praise in our mouth are we putting the praise of holiness in our heart, my friend? Yes. To align ourselves with the will of God. Yes. And to believe what God is saying. Yes. And, then, uh, and, and then it goes further and says, and they begin to sing, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Yes. <laughs> Verse 22, now when they had began to sing and praise, uh -huh. look what happened. Uh -huh. The Lord, somebody say the Lord. The Lord, the Lord said, an ambush against the people of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Amen. who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Tiny, tiny, tiny. The Lord did this. That's so no, they didn't even have to fight. That's All they had to do was stand in position, David, and they had to trust him to do that. See, in many times, when God tells us to stand in position, we go gird it up, but not gird it up with the song of praise. Yep. Or the praise of holiness in our heart. Yes. We go it up with, with, with our own mind thoughts and our own feelings and our own weapons. Come on, teach. Teach. Thank you, Lord. Just in case the Lord don't come through, I'm gonna be ready for you. That's foolishness, my friend. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. The battle is not yours. Yes. It's the Lord's. And when we know the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's, then we're going to gird ourselves with songs of praise. We're going to give him praise before he even fights the battle because we know that we know that we know. But if we go with a, a weapon hidden in our, our back pocket, then, my friend, you ain't trusting God. And guess what? You're going to have to fight. And not only have to fight, what you're going to do is you're going to get beat up. 
that you hate or somebody that you're coming against but an enemy is those that are coming against you we should not be an enemy to anybody as children of the most high God we should love everyone because the Bible says love your enemies do good to those who uh, despitefully use you so we should be an enemy to no one but as a child of God you don't have much enemies because the world is jealous they were without hope but God will want you to rejoice yes. over your enemies. Yes. And the rejoicing over your enemies is not so much that they killed one another. Oh, come on, come on. But the rejoicing is in the fact now that Jesus has delivered us that we have victory in Jesus. Yes. That victory, and, and, and we know that victory belongs to Jesus. Yes. And it's high time for some of us, for all of us, Excuse me. We got to stop fighting the battle. We got to hear the Lord. And when those that the battles that the Lord says, the, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon the young man, and he says, Hear, O Israel, all of y'all, including you, kid, that the Lord God says that you, they won't overcome you. Go down. Be not dismayed, first and foremost, and lose that fear. Drop that fear. Because there's some things that God has been putting on your heart to do, and you've been fearful of doing it. And today he declares that I have given you victory. That which you've heard from me. What are you afraid of? He says, go down and possess the land. Go down and take it. And, and when you go down, you ain't even going to have to fight. I'm going to do it for you. See, 
Some of us, the fear that we've had is not going down as we was afraid that we're going to have to fight. God says, no, I'm going to fight. But I ain't going to fight unless you go get in position. Because going to get in position means that you trust me. So yeah, you're going to have to go stand on the front line. So yeah, you're going to have to go before the people. Yeah, you're going to have to give that presentation. Yeah, you're going to have to make that move. So yeah, you're going to have to do that. But then God said, yeah, you don't have to drive that 40 miles. I know you just went to church, but I say go over here. Amen. So yeah, you're going to have to show up and do it. Amen. But God says, I got this. Yes. I got this. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. He is awesome. He is mighty. And he is worthy to be praised.